welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. My beautiful husband preached on seeking God and I felt God speak to me to continue to preach on seeking God because I love to seek God. And I particularly love the words that James speaks to us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Come, come close, come close to God and he comes close to us. I love that verse. I love that verse. I love that imagery that As we take a step towards God, he's taking a step towards us. And of course, he went first. We love him because he first loved us. So it's not as if we're starting this process. He started the process. He he sent his son all the way to earth, all the way to be a baby, all the way to the cross. He's reached out and he loves us. And now he's crying out, come close, come on, come close. He wants us to respond so he can come closer. It's a relationship. It's a response. He, he, he loves us. He calls us. But he's waiting for us to respond. He's not going to just bash the door down. He's not going to force us. He's wait, there's a response there. And he loves us to respond. And I'm, I just love that scripture. I love to think about God getting up to meet me and coming and reaching out to me as I call out to him. And I know that... As a child, I, when I first was starting to pray, I didn't sometimes feel as if anything was happening and I didn't sometimes feel as if God was responding. And this was a key verse for me. I used to go, well, well, God, I know if I'm drawing near to you, I'm really hungry, I really want you, God, so you're drawing near to me. And I go, oh, I, I believed what it said, even though I sometimes I didn't feel it when I first started to pray. I, I didn't understand very much what was going on in the spiritual realm and I, I didn't always feel close, but I believe this scripture. Well, if I'm coming near to you, you're coming near to me. And I go, okay, so you're getting closer to me. Good. And it was a faith thing. I believed what this said. And as I said that and believed it, I began to sense the reality of that. As we draw near, he draws near. So I preach, I wanted to preach on that. And and then I felt like God say, "Preach, preach the whole thing, preach all around it, preach the rest of the verses. And I Hadn't really thought about what was around it. So have you got that James 4, 7, 8, 9, 10? So I thought, oh, well, let's look at what's around. It's good to sort of see how the verse is in context. So verse 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So I've read verse 9 and 10 as well. But there, um, I was kind of like, oh, well, huh. I thought I was going to preach your lovey-dovey little message this morning. I mean, it's quite, quite strong, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's like there's nice, this nice little bit in the middle, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. But then it's like, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I'm sort of like, oh, okay, well, what are we doing with this, Lord? <laughs> Where are we going with this? Because I was planning to be all lovey-dovey and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to, to preach all of it. And so I was just really sat on that and thought, 
how does that how does that work? Like how does it work that we've got this beautiful thing here of drawing close to God, but all around it we've got quite strong words, quite quite strong things, you know, and God sometimes is very strong. I was talking to someone the other day who was not understanding the ways of God and they said they were confused about why a particular prayer hadn't been answered. And um and they're new it's a new Christian. And I said, Well, I said this is perfect theology. This is perfect theology. God is love. So everything comes from that. So I said, I don't know why this situation hasn't shifted, but I know that God is love. So if we start there, we can work our way up. God is love. So somehow he's loving this person in this situation. God is love. So something's ha- So if you start with God is love, with every theology, with every scripture, you can understand it. So when you read scriptures that seem a little on the firm side, (laughs) which some of them are, you just start with, well, God is love. So if he's speaking firmly, that's okay. I don't mind. I love my children and I'm very firm with them sometimes. So we all know that parents can speak with great firmness and yet it's love. It's just as loving to me to go, I love you as to say, don't speak to me like that again. Do you understand me? Now go to your room. That's just the equal love. It's not perhaps as pleasant, but it's as necessary and just as good. And God's the same. He's a loving father. So sometimes he says, all right, you sinners, stop it. Do this, do that. Let's get your act together. And it's just as loving as when he goes, I love you, I love you, because sometimes that's what we need. And God is so good that he will tell us what we need. So if we explore this, submit to God, in the context of prayer, submit to God, sometimes when we're feeling like, well, I don't feel like God's drawing near to me, and it's like, well, let's look back at what the other things say. Submit to God. Are we submitting to God? Are we doing things his way? Are we praying his way? Are we doing life his way? Because sometimes the reason we're not feeling that closeness in prayer is because we're not in a place of submission with God. Perhaps we're, we're, you know, our life is just too busy. And so, you know, God is, he, he arranges our life for us if we let him. But sometimes we, we go ahead and do a whole bunch more than he ever planned. And then our lives are flat out busy and our prayer times are flat out busy or very short and, and there's not a lot happening. And we said, oh, I don't know, I'm just not, not feeling really close in prayer. It's like, well, if we go back to submit to God, are you perhaps a bit too busy? I, I like to talk to people about their prayer life and sometimes I talk to people and they describe their life to me and they go, I just, I just don't know when I can pray. I'm just, I'm just really flat out and they describe their life and I'm like, well, I don't know when you can pray either because, you know, you do have to sleep. So it's like, well, if you're too busy to pray, you're just too busy. That's it. Change your life. Say, so really? Yeah, why not? Change your life. Like, What's life all about? Anyway, life's all about love. You're too busy to love. You're too busy. What's the point? Like, what's life without love? What's life without God? What's, what's life if you're just running around like a time all the time and you're not loving God, loving each other? So rearrange your life. That's what I say. Submit to God and say, God, is this my life right? Is my life right? Or is it out of, out of order? You might say, but I've got to work this hard. You know, I've got to, I've got to do more work. I've got to work. It's like the Bible says, do not weary yourself to get wealth. That's what it says. In other words, if you're working so hard that you're exhausted, you're working too hard because the Bible says that. That's not me. It says, don't, don't be exhausted to get wealth. Like work hard, 
you know, work hard and be tired and have a good night's sleep. But don't, don't, weir- don't drain all your life energy. Submit to God. Trust him with your life. Trust him with the way that your life comes together. And then you'll find these other elements fall into place. Trust him when sometimes things don't make sense. I, I spoke to one girl and said, when do you find it hard to pray? And she said, the hardest time for me to pray is when I don't get it and I don't want to talk about it. So that's when I find it hard to pray. When things are happening and I'm just like, oh, oh. And she's like, I just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it with God. And she, it was lovely to talk to her. I said, how do you deal with that? And she says, I've just, I've just learned to let him in to the broken places and let him into the wounded places and the places that I don't get. I just keep communicating with him, even if I don't understand it. So I thought that's so beautiful. So there's things that I don't understand this God. I don't I don't get what's going on. I'm hurting or I don't just keep keep praying. That's submitting to God. That's trusting him. Rather than saying, Well, I don't get it, so I'm not going to talk to you about it. Submitting to God is I don't get it, so I am going to talk to you about it. And you know what? I might not walk away from prayer getting everything, but that's okay. Let's look at the Psalms. I mean, that's what he says. He says, You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too high. I can't reach it. That's what David said. It's just, it's just, I can't reach this knowledge. It's too high. Some things are too high. We just don't understand. That's okay. It's like, I can't, I can't understand it, God. I can't reach that knowledge. I just, it's too high, too lofty, too much. I don't get it, but that's okay because he's there. That's okay. So every morning we come before him and we wait expectantly. That's what the psalmist said. He's, that's what David said. He said, "I just morning by morning I just come. So I'm just going to get these in case I can't read. So there's mystery, but there is beauty. And the prayer is that part of the day when you, you submit to God. You bring, you bring your broken places and you let him bring healing. You bring the desert and see what he can do with desert. You bring the mysteries and the things I don't understand. You just bring it all to God every morning and see what he's going to do. That's, that's beautiful. That's what God is looking for. So we submit to God and he's looking for this yielded lovers. I love that term. I love the term yield. I love yielding. Just yielding like, oh, okay. Just lay down. Just like, all right, God. All right. Because sometimes we just like, oh, no, I'm not happy with it. It's got to change. And then sometimes it's just like, oh, all right. I just, I don't know. I just flow. I just do it your way. We'll just, let's just see what happens. Just yield. It's such a beautiful concept because he's so good and he wants to look after us. And it's so beautiful to just yield with him and, and let him love us and submit to him and let him, you know, you can't, you just can't avoid him. Yield. Just let him do things his way and see what he wants to do. I was talking to him this morning about things and sometimes I'm so hungry for God, I'm almost anxious, you know. I'm just like, I I want something more to happen. Like, come on, like, I don't know, anything, anything. And then I got this beautiful scripture and it says, he will rejoice over you with singing, he will quiet you with his love. In Zephaniah, he, he, he quiets you. He brings quiet. And, and 
it was so lovely because I'd been like, <laughs> like that with God. And it's just like, he just brings quite quiet. It's like, shh. I love that, that the different phases of relationship. Like sometimes he's firm like a father, but like a mother, sometimes we grab our kids and we're loud, like, yeah, I love you. And, you know, give them a rocking chair. And, but other times it's like, shh. Just hush. Just hush your child with love. There's a stillness. And that's a lovely thing. That's, we've got to get to that place in prayer where it's not just like, oh, I got this, 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 and, and, and uh, uh, okay, I've got to go, bye. Oh, and it, it's like it's so good to get to that hush, just that stillness with him. And, he's, and it's like, I don't know. I don't have any more answers, but I'm so still with you and I'm just, I'm like a child. I'm just quiet in my, my father's arms. And he says that, doesn't he? He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, an everlasting love. And he says, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, your everlasting arms just underneath all along, all the stuff and the worry and all that. And he's just, shh, it's all right. He hushes us and loves us. So submit to him and allow him to have time to hush you and and love you and still you and know his presence. So submit to God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Why do we, oh, it's like, what? So I'm trying to pray here and it's resist the devil. It's like, yeah, yeah, resist the devil because he doesn't want you to pray. He does not want you to pray. He's going to challenge you to, to not pray. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, you start to pray and all of a sudden, does anyone else have this? It's like, I have to clean the house. You start to pray and you go, this carpet is so dirty. really need to give it a vacuum. I even start picking little bits of stuff off the carpet. It's like, why the sudden desire to vacuum when I pray? Like, <laughs> from where does this desire come from? I don't feel that desire when I start watching TV. I don't feel that desire when I sit down to have my evening dark chocolate. But sometimes when I go to prayer, I'm like, suddenly I have to tidy or suddenly I have to make a phone call or I have to do this. Or have to, it's, it's like the devil's suddenly distracting you distracting you he distracts you and puts all these thoughts in your mind so you've got to you've got to not not allow that to to stop you it's like no 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 no, not now so I I've learned to have pen and paper near me so if all these thoughts come to my mind I just write them down yeah okay I'll do that later 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 then they then they quiet he distracts us with different things sometimes we don't pray because we feel too too frightened, too, too sick maybe. Sometimes we just look, I can't pray, I'm too sick or I'm, I'm too freaked out. Sometimes we're so freaked out that we don't want to pray. Has anyone ever had that? I, re- I remember once and, you know, I mean, excuse me, my Russian stories, but I'm going to throw out a Russian story. But I remember once, I like Erin always encouraged me with this because I said to Erin once, I said, because they've been in the church forever, I said, you've just heard all my stories. And she goes, but I love hearing them again. I go, oh, it's a good one. Yep, this is a golden oldie. I'm like, all that encourages me, Erin. <laughs> so I remember one time I didn't want to pray. And we'd, it was because we'd, we'd been in Russia and, and Hudson was very, very sick. And, and some of you have heard this story. He'd been sick for a month with high temperatures and he was just so ill. And we, we asked the doctor to come. And this, this was before the, the West had really come in with the Western knowledge. And obviously Russians are very intelligent people, but they just hadn't, they just didn't have the equipment at that point to deal with stuff. So they offered us the people's medicine. And the people's medicine was basically um, an alcohol rub. 
and, and they used dry grass sometimes. She was describing grass, get some grass. We're like, grass? Like actual grass? I mean, yeah, get some grass and some alcohol. And we're like, Chris was, I remember Chris going, it's like something out of the Middle Ages. I mean, what, what are you talking about? And we just sort of like, I'm like, what? Like he's got a fever. Haven't you got something better than grass? But I mean, apparently, I don't know. I'm sure it works for them, but, um, you know, they've moved on. But I remember not wanting to pray. I remember just like, I don't want to muck around God. I just want to do that whole prayer thing. I just want to go to doctors and I don't want to go to Russian doctors. I want to go to the West. And we had, we, I knew we had two more days to go because we were going to Finland in two days. I'm like, just, just get me out of here. I remember just, just get me out of this stupid country. Every now and again, I used to really hate Russia. Sorry if you're Russian. Sorry, sorry. But uh, Nadia's giving me a little wave. But you left. You can't talk. You, you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. I wanted to get out and get to Finland and get to proper hospitals. The Finnish hospitals, I still to this day just have this warm warmth when I think of Finland. I just have this like, ah, the West, Finland and their lovely free hospitals. They couldn't, they, they couldn't even charge us. They didn't know. We'd say, well, do we pay you guys? And I'm like, we don't really do money. We don't know how, to, how to, you could do that. You'll just have to go for free. I went, fine, we're fine. We're fine with that. So um, anyway, two more days to get to Finland and we'd be fine. And I remember it was on, I think we were going on the Monday. On the Sunday we went to church. And, I'm, and Hudson's still very, very sick. So you can imagine as a mother, I'm very frightened, but I'm just hanging in there. One more day, one more day, and we'll get this kid to a hospital. And, um, and then we went to church. When we came out, they said, oh, Ruth, it's not good, you know. You have a problem. I go, oh, great, what? They said, someone has stolen your number plates. And I went, what? They've stolen our number plates? Well, who steals number plates? And I go, they're very good number plates, you know. You can... They're very good ones. You can go overseas with these number plates. Because every number plate in, in St. Petersburg said it was very, very particular. And our number plate said, first of all, that we were foreigners and secondly, we were allowed to go to Finland. See, so you had to have it on your number plate. The numbers themselves represented that. So obviously they had value because if someone put that on their car, they could go out to Finland. So they stole them. And so I'm like, so what does that mean? What does that mean? You'll have to get new ones. How long does that take? months you know and some vodka you know long time and I'm like what but we have to go we have to go to Finland tomorrow no you're not going to Finland tomorrow I'm like it was just like oh I just remember being so irritated and angry and upset and frightened and our number plates were stolen we we would take weeks to get them but and we had no way of leaving the country which meant no way to get to western medicine and I'm just like oh and I remember that night just going to God and just going God just I'm going to have to pray. I'm really going to have to pray. Like I had been praying, but, you know, like you're all I've got left. And it was so good because it was like God was saying, Ruth, I'm always all you've got left. It was to me, I had this understanding that I used to think that there was medicine and then if medicine failed, there was God, you know. Like if, if the medicine doesn't work, well, then God will, you know, last sort of last resort we go to God. I was like, no, no, no. No, it's not like that. It never has been. It's like God's first. God is a doctor. God is the first and last resort. We go to God first and he heals and we go to God last and he heals. We can use medicine, whatever. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, even in the West. But God always works and he always heals. And so we prayed and we got that breakthrough. We got, we got a breakthrough. We just, we just had to and we did. And that fever broke and Hudson was healed after a month of having a very, very high temperature. And shortly after that, we did get the number plates. But you know what? We had the victory by then. It's amazing. Once you've got it, you've got it. And we did put them back on and we went to um, Finland and we went to the hospital, but he was fine by then. So it was, 
It was all right. Uh, so sometimes you just feel too frightened to pray, but you've got to keep pressing in. Sometimes, and the devil will try to stop you in those times. And you've just got to, like, I'm so f- terrified now. I haven't got time to pray, but it's like, yeah, you've got to pray. I'm too, you know, that sometimes he says, you know, I'm not listening. He's not listening. The devil's like, he's not listening to you. He doesn't love you. Yes, he does. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. You use faith. There's times in prayer you've got to fight. It's like you can't just always, you know, just kind of go in and it's all great. You've got to use the Word of God. The devil says, he's not listening to you. And I go, yes, he is. Father, you're listening to me because this is what the Word says. Draw near to God and he draws near to me. Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So you've got to say the Word. And when you say it, then you go, oh, you, you do hear me. It's like, yes, I am. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic that we have to press in and speak faith and then he responds and he's, he wants to respond but he wants to see us pressing in. He wants to see us wanting him and, and wanting to be engaged in the whole process of breaking through and the devil's you know, trying to tell us he's not good, he doesn't know you, he doesn't want to hear from you. He, um, can I, I've actually got a, can I tell a mum joke? Mum jokes are a new thing. I'm not really a jokey kind of person, but I quite like this one. So this is my mum joke. Insecure mother says to child, Anton, am I a good mother? Child, mum, my name is Paul. (laughs) It's like, oh. (laughs) So that's all right, isn't it? I'm not generally a joke person, but I thought that's okay. So (laughs) my name is Paul. Oh, yeah. One of you, mum, dad, whatever. Um, So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He knows you. He knows your name. He doesn't get you muddled up, Annie, some other person. He doesn't sort of think, who are you again? Which one are you? He doesn't get you. He knows your name. It's not like, you know, a dodgy parent. It's like, you know, every parent, come on, if you've got more than one kid, no, you don't get, you don't, it's not that you muddle them up, you just forget their names. You know, like, my, I remember my, I was always called Maharu, Mark Hunt, Ruth, which one is it? Ruth, Mark Hunt, Ruth, it's Ruth. Or, you know, and I'd be the same. Hudson, oh, you, come, come and do the washing up. Like, but God doesn't muddle you up. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. He's, he knows your name. He knows who you are and you know him. And this is lovely when you pray. When you get to that place, you, it says, I, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That They follow me. You know his voice. When you finally settle and work through some things, you know his voice. It's so still and beautiful and so full of love. And you respond to that voice. You respond. You respond. My friend Jenny Tooley had a, went to get her dog from the clip, clipper, groomer, dog groomer. She picked the dog up, Poppy the dog. And Poppy was not happy, little, you know, little fluffy white dog just being clipped, but he wasn't happy. He was very shy and very odd, but she just popped Poppy in and said, you know, settle down, Poppy, it's okay. She put Poppy in the back seat and Poppy was not happy, not acting, very acting, very strange. So anyway, she was like, whatever. She took Poppy home and she put him in the garden and Poppy ran all around the garden, sniffing, sniffing everywhere, like just checking out the joint and sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. And she goes, she went, Poppy, Poppy. Come here, Poppy. Poppy completely ignored her. She's like, Poppy, Poppy. Still, Poppy completely ignores her and she's going, and she goes, Olivia, come here. Is that Poppy? Is that our dog? She goes, what do you mean is that our dog? I'm like, well, look, Poppy is not, 
the dog isn't answering. So then Olivia calls and then they get the dog and they're looking at the dog. Puppy, puppy. And they finally realised it's not our dog. It's the wrong dog. Like, it's not Poppy. And so she said, they just thought, oh, my goodness, have we got the wrong dog? So they rang the groomer up and they said, um, and the groomer said, uh, you need to come in. Can you bring the dog? So they came in with the dog. They went, we've got the wrong dog. They walk into the place and my friend Jenny, she thought it was the funniest thing ever that they had the wrong dog. But in there was this very nice looking lady with this dog sitting next to <laughs> Poppy. And they both looked the same, you know, fluffy white dogs. They all look the same when they're clipped. And this woman was not happy. And Jenny went, oh, isn't that funny? She said, no, not very funny at all. Here, have your dog. And she was really unhappy because she got really scared by Poppy. But Jenny thought it was hilarious that they got the wrong dog. And the groomers were like bending. I'm like, we're so sorry, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. And then was like, I can't believe you mixed the dogs up. I mean, who's ever heard of such a thing? You can't give people the wrong dogs. It's ridiculous. But anyway, the point is, Poppy didn't know the master's voice, right? Poppy didn't respond. But you do because the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. And they respond. Animals respond. They know you. And they respond. Now, that's a mere animal. You are a sort of a slightly higher realm than an animal, despite what the evolutionists might say. You're, you're, you're in a different league from an animal. You're, you're a whole different creation and you know his voice. You know his voice. You might run away from it, but you know it and you can respond to his voice. So let's just, just know him and resist the devil it says resist the devil and he will flee so all these attacks he's not hearing he doesn't know resist that say no I'm praying he wants me to pray he loves me he knows me I know him resist that don't allow that to depress you resist the devil and then it goes on it says cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double-minded so again very strong too guilty to pray no it's like just sort it out it's not it's not hard Wash it. You've got dirty hands? Wash them. We've got Jesus who's died for us. We can wash them. We can come. If there's something wrong, just confess it, admit it. He'll just wash you clean, start again. That's not hard, is it? And then purify your hearts, you double-minded. Well, this one's an interesting one. I think in some ways this is even stronger. It's that thing where you, you can't play games with God. You, I mean, if you've done something wrong, you admit it and you, you're honest with him. But don't try to sort of come to God and, and, and pretend. Don't act like, don't be in denial. And I think, I think this is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people struggle in prayer because they don't want to be honest about where they're at. And, and some people talk, I talk to some people and say, yeah, I pray, I pray. And I think, really? Really? Something's not right, is it? It's, it's not just kind of like, okay, God, yeah, good morning. Um, how to be done? Amen. Okay. And God's like, can we? No, I don't want. It's like, don't. Don't just say words. Don't just spit out words to God. Don't just sort of go through the motions. And God's like, can we talk about, it's like, no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm, no, everything's fine. It's fine. Okay, God. It's like, is it? Yep, fine. Yep, I, I prayed this morning. Done that. You can't sort of do that with God. The Bible says here, it says, let us draw near with a true heart, with a true heart. Don't play games with God. Don't, don't have that. Because when, you, when you're not real, you know when you've got a relationship with someone and you're not being honest with them? Are, are we good? Yeah, fine. Somehow I don't, you know that thing? It's like, no, we're not fine actually. There's something wrong, isn't there? It's like they don't want to say, no, we're fine, okay. And so then you just carry on with this kind of phony, shallow thing 
And they're very boring relationships. I don't hang out with people if they're being phony and shallow with me. I mean, I love them. I'd love to get into their heart. But I don't want to talk to someone if I'm just getting in that far. It's really boring. It's just boring. And I want to talk to people who just say, oh, Ruth, and I open their heart. And then I open my heart. So fabulous to have this close, wonderful intimacy with people. Not that everybody has to tell everything to me, but, you know, the appropriate level of sharing. It's so exciting to see what's going on in people's hearts. But when we don't share our hearts with people, it can be just a little bit nothing. And I think some people have a relationship like that with God because they won't let God in and they won't open their hearts to him. And God, and they won't, they, God wants to talk to them about stuff. It's like, I don't want to talk about that, God. And it's like, I mean, who gets to say that to God? It's extraordinary that we do. We can actually do that. We can actually stop God if we want. We say, nope. God's like, all right, I'm not going to force it. But then, but then there's not this open, yum, amazing stuff. It's this fake relationship. And fake, phony prayers are boring. You get bored, you pray, and it's like, well, prayers, but I don't know, everyone goes on about prayers, great. It's not great for me. Maybe it's not great for you because you're not really just breaking your heart up and say, God, anywhere, anyone, anything, what do you want to say? I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. And he's just so responds to that. He loves that. He, 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 he wants, that's why he's saying, don't, don't, do, don't be double-minded with me. Don't do that because I love you. I want a real relationship. I want, I want it to have the real thing. I spoke to a beautiful person the other day and I was talking about this and I said, I said, do you ever, do you ever try and pray to God and things aren't right? Because, like, you know, I know this person can sometimes not have everything right and just carry on. One of those people that just carries on. It's all good. I said, do you ever do that with God? Just kind of carry on. It's all good. And she goes, oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I go to God and I just, I just start praying and oh, everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. And I said, and how does that work? She goes, oh, it doesn't work. God just goes, are you joking? Are you for real? I mean, are you for real? God actually says that. He goes, yeah, are you for real? I just love that God says that. Like, are you for real? What do you, what do you think you're going to, you think I'm going to, I can't see through your little act, your little religious thing? You can't, you can't be phony with God and do little religious acts and little games. So we've got to be real with God. We've got to open our hearts and let God see who we are and listen and respond to him. And, and, and if we don't feel like we've heard him yet, just keep going until we do because we know he wants to talk to us. We know he wants to. He says this, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies for them. How cool is that? Oh, just listen. I will quickly subdue your enemies. Whatever those enemies are, he'll quickly subdue them. So let's go. Let's be honest and real and true and beautiful and seek God with all our hearts and love him. And then look, look in verse 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So this journey of prayer, it can involve any of those elements at any time. It may not involve any of them. There's all different, it's like any relationship, any conversation, it's all different. But let me encourage you to be excited and determined to go to this place, to go to this journey, to just not see prayer as this thing that I do in the mornings or something that Ruth says to do or something that Christians do. I just think that our relationship with God is everything. I think everything comes from there. I, I, think, I think that it's love. If you're not loving God, what have you got? It's You love God and then you love people and then, as Byron said, then you go out and do nice things. But that's the basis, just this love relationship. 
Paul says, everything's lost compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And the exciting thing is, as we come before him and look at that, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So there's the lift up. There's all the results, if you like, or the fruit. He will lift you up to where? To him, to joy, to glory, to success, to fruit. I don't know where he wants to lift you up to. All sorts of exciting places. He calls them your high places. Your high places. He'll lift you up there. So when we go to him like this, then he'll lift us up to how high he wants us to go, wherever it is, I don't know. Let's make that decision that that's where I'm going. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.